This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the Book of Wisdom. Resplendent and unfading is wisdom, and she is readily perceived by those who love her, and found by those who seek her. She hastens to make herself known in anticipation of their desire. Whoever watches for her at dawn shall not be disappointed, for he shall find her sitting by his gate. For taking thought of wisdom is the perfection of prudence, and whoever for her sake keeps vigil shall quickly be free from care because she makes her own rounds seeking those worthy of her and graciously appears to them in the ways and meets them with all solicitude. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord my God. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord my God. O God, you are my God, whom I seek. For you my flesh pines and my soul thirsts like the earth parched, lifeless, and without water. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord my God. Thus have I gazed toward you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. For your kindness is a greater good than life. My lips shall glorify you. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord my God. Thus will I bless you while I live. Lifting up my hands, I will call upon your name. As with the riches of a banquet shall my soul be satisfied, and with exultant lips my mouth shall praise you. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord my God. I will remember you upon my couch, and through the night watches I will meditate on you. You are my help, and in the shadow of your wings I shout for joy. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord my God. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. We do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, about those who have fallen asleep, so that you might not grieve like the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose, so too will God, through Jesus, bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Indeed, we tell you this on the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will surely not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself, with a word of command, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, will come down from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Thus you will always be with the Lord. Therefore, console one another with these words. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins 
who take their lamp and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them, but the wise brought flasks of oils with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight there was a cry, Behold the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, for there may not be enough for us and you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. While they went off to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards, the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore, stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Carla, as we start the 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time, I'd like to let our visitors, or sorry, our listeners know that there are lots of saint days this week. So I want you to check your calendar. It's a great way to learn about some saints in their lives. And in particular, November 14th is the feast day of Saint Jumping Jehoshaphat. Jumping Jehoshaphat. You know, I have heard <laughs> that term. Yes. And so what is it? Why do we call, why do we use that phrase, jumping Jehoshaphat? Exactly. Well, exactly. Who is he and why is he jumping? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. so we do know that Jehoshaphat was a king of Judah. He reigned around uh, 914 BC and he was known to be zealous in following the Lord and his commandments. Uh, so at least he was known as a very steadfast king, but the jumping part, maybe we need to dig into a little bit more here. Okay, so we did do some looking, <laughs> and the best answer we could come up with is that probably it was an exclamation of surprise. So somebody witnessed something, and it's so surprising, it was just as, as surprising as if King Jehoshaphat had been jumping because he had a reputation in the Old Testament as being someone who's very steadfast, you know, a, a king who stood his ground, very immovable. So to see him jumping around like that, that would be very surprising. So it was used as an exclamation, meaning that I'm very surprised. Yeah. So once again, the Sunday commentary, through its hard-hitting research, brings you, you knowledge it. that you did not know about. Answers you never would have That's known. Right. Yes, yeah. yes. Probably questions you wouldn't have even <laughs> think about asking. <laughs> but that's the fun oh, of the commentary. Yes, it is. Well, let's go ahead and hop into the Book of Wisdom here. Uh, this actually, if you break this into actually three parts, the first part talks about the glorious nature of wisdom. The middle section is the availability of wisdom to those who seek her. And then finally, it closes with how wisdom cares for all of us. So this, I really see wisdom as a virtuous virtue central to those in leadership roles and how important it is to follow and gain and pursue wisdom. Yeah, very much so. And like you said, the, the beginning of this chapter, chapter six of the Book of Wisdom, it begins with a call to those in leadership roles, specifically, and it warns that those who have a God-given responsibility 
to exercise wisdom, those who hold leadership roles. And in these verses, the writer also describes wisdom using a feminine persona. Now, wisdom is the first of the four cardinal virtues. Wisdom is also called prudence. And uh, then we have justice and courage, which is also called fortitude, and temperance, which is also called self-control. So we have wisdom, justice, courage, and temperance. Those are the four cardinal virtues. And the Catholic Catechism defines wisdom as the virtue that disposes practical reason to discern our true good in every circumstances and to choose the right means of achieving it. And it goes on to say, Prudence is right reason in action, and that with the help of this virtue, we apply moral principles to particular cases without error and overcome doubts about the good to achieve and the evil to avoid. So it is in this context that St. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. Mm. Such our call to pray for the gift of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, just prayer for sanity in our society these days. Oh, amen. And how important yeah. we need that godly wisdom. Very yeah. true. Well, in the second reading today with Thessalonians, um, really one of the main topics of this letter in the section to the Thessalonians is how the community should deal with the delayed parousia, the second coming, the presence of Christ. And... This was really supposed to help them understand um, the situation that they were in, because they were expecting the risen Christ to return very soon after the resurrection. During their own lifetime. Exactly, right? And 20 years later, the parousia still had not happened. So they were kind of questioning, what would happen to the members of their community who have died before Christ's second coming? What would happen to themselves as they were still living when this happens? And again, parousia, I think, as Scott Hahn talks about, really a presence. So I think it's a brighter than just we're expecting maybe the second coming and the end of the world. We're talking about God's presence here. So what's going to happen with them? Well, Paul tells them those who die before us, before Christ's return, will rise first. And we see that. And then we see how he's going to announce this. It's the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God. Then it says the dead will rise first. And really to me, what a message of hope that is. Christ will come again and be with them. Now, we don't necessarily know when this is going to happen, so we need to be prepared. (laughs) And I think that's really the same message of the wedding scene with the wise and foolish virgins in the gospel today. So what do we have there, uh, Carla? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the gospel, the reading really does, it's kind of a continuation along the theme of the first reading, and it emphasizes the importance of wisdom. So the story begins by telling us that there were uh, 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom, and that five of them were foolish. Now, the foolishness is manifested in that they were not prepared. They hadn't bothered to do what was necessary so they could be prepared, and in the end, they were excluded from the wedding feast. Now, the lamps in this story represent faith. The oil represents works. Faith without works is useless. So even though they all had lamps, their lamps were useless without oil. The foolish virgins represent those who have been given the gift of faith and they know the truth about God, 
but they fail to put their faith into practice through works, so their faith remains dormant. While the five wise virgins not only have the gift of faith, but they also embrace that gift by living in accordance with God's law. And through their actions, they participated in the work of salvation. Yeah, and when you talk about that preparedness, because they thought they were prepared, right? But they really weren't. (laughs) Right. So kind of the question, I guess, is how do we make sure that we are prepared? And there's a quote here by Origen. uh, It says this. Awaiting the bridegroom, kind of along your lines here, so uh, he really is following some some great advice here, signifies one un, one's uncertain lifespan. No one knows the hour of his death and judgment. The lamp is Christian faith, while the oil represents good works. Exactly. Thus, faith yeah. without works is useless, as you see in James 2.17. Souls must prepare for their personal encounter with Christ the bridegroom by loving God and neighbor since those lacking good works will be shut out of the heavenly banquet. So important, really just expressing and living our faith is so important to be uh, prepared for this. Because you're right, we don't know when this will happen. We have to participate in our salvation. And this is where so many folks miss the boat. You know, they, they don't understand. Yeah, what we do and don't do is important. Yeah. Now, then you could run the opposite right uh, sign where boy, I'm going to be anxious about this the rest of my life. Right. And I think really in closing, we want to provide something here from 2 Peter chapter 3 here, because it says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud voice, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and the works that are upon it will be burned up. Right? So how do we then live in that reality without being so anxious. And that again is living our faith because he wants us to be at peace. And this is where verse 14 says, uh, that's so important. Therefore, beloved, since you wait for these, be zealous to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And that's our call for today. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through moderndayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.